to honor him with our songs and our prayers and and just glorify his precious and holy name. Uh, when they, the disciples asked Jesus, how should we pray? And, and uh, the prayer starts out of glorifying God. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our God is holy. He's to be praised. He's to be hallowed and given honor to. Uh, John three sixteen. For he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, I was listening to Caleb teach, and Taylor opened up this morning, and went right along with what God's laid upon my heart today. <clears throat> now that you're growing in the Lord, a lot of you, and uh, we have some new converts uh, about us, and so I know you got questions. Questions that you need answers to. And God can only, he can, he can give us the answers to all the questions that we have. We just got to get in there and find out what they are. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, uh, some of you <clears throat> wonder what your calling is. Well, Let's take the new converts. Let's take them as young in Christ, or maybe it's only served God for a few short years. you got to grow in the Lord. You know, Caleb got up here and said this morning, <clears throat> God had been preparing him all his life to be a preacher. And he didn't knew it until God spoke to him and called him. When uh, you're ready for calling, that's when God will let you know. Amen. So don't worry about getting it. Don't worry about or wonder what it is that God has in store for you. He'll let you know. Amen. He said, first seek ye the kingdom of God, and all other things shall be added unto you. So, but he said this, make your calling and your election sure. Amen. And he said, consider, we are to be consider what our calling is all about what kind of person God expects us to be because listen when you're talking about a calling of God you're calling whether it's into the ministry or teaching or being a deacon or whatever God's called you to do you're representing the church of God the church belongs to God amen and so you belong to God I belong to God and we're to make our calling and election sure that we know that we're standing where we ought to be with God, where God can use us. If we don't know where we're standing, then God can't use us. Amen? So you got to be walking with the Lord, and you got to have faith in God. you got to trust in God, and you got to put all your hopes in God. Amen? Because He is our blessed hope. But if we have hope only, we're most miserable. So we're taught what faith is. We're taught how to stand. We're taught how to walk, how to talk, we're taught how to live, we're taught how to respect one another, we're taught to pray for one another and lift up people, we're taught to honor the Lord with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our might, we are to love him and to live for him and to worship him and to praise him and that's our calling that he's placed upon our life. So we all have that calling, amen? We all have the calling of God because you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, God says. And so you are, you are special in the eyes of the Lord, each and every one of you. And I thank all the compliments and the encouragement I got as your pastor here this morning. And, uh, and I'll never forget what you've done for me here today. It always been my heart. I always see your faces. You're in my mind. You're in my prayers. But if it hadn't been for God, none of this would have been possible. Amen? None of this would have been possible. We're here to, to love one another and respect and hold one another up. You know, the churches today are not being taught the fundamental things that they need to be doing and how to live. And, and so, you know, they're out here and they're searching for things that they don't know what they're searching for. And, and the reason they're don't know what it is they're searching for because they ain't got in the Word of God and studied it to see what it is God wants them to have. Amen? 
So we got to get in God's word, first of all. We got to be faithful uh, in our prayer life with God. We got to be faithful in obedience unto God. And we got to be faithful to study the word of God. God just don't call the preacher or the teacher to study. He calls the salt. Uh, he said, uh, he says, uh, search the scriptures and find out, know for sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you've worked your own salvation out with God and in fem, uh, trembling and in fear. So uh, we thank God that he's here for us. He's here to help us. And I'm going to do some basic teaching from the Word of God this morning. So if you have your Bibles, uh, go to Timothy. Uh, let me turn over here. I'll be starting in the third chapter of First Timothy. Amen. God wants you to understand a few things. <clears throat> I thought, well, Lord, is this what you really want me to bring today? It is. Believe me, it is what he wanted me to bring today. Uh, because I had other messages. <laughs> and uh, I was looking through one of them when I got here. And then I took a marker out of it, and I forget where I was even at. He wouldn't even let me remember it. Praise God where I was at, because this is what he wants. Amen? So we're going to go and ask God's blessing upon the reading of the word. And so y'all pray for me today, and just pray for every one another here. Michael, please to the throne of grace. Amen. Now, chapter 3, the very first verse. This, Paul said in Timothy, this is a true saying. If a man desires the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. There's nothing wrong with desiring to want to stand, to preach or teach or, or to do uh, for God what you feel like that you he would have you to do. But we gotta wait on our calling. We gotta wait on him. God's preparing us, all right? And when he gets you prepared, that's when you can step up. That's when the Holy Spirit of God will come to you. Uh, when he comes to Caleb down yonder, Caleb run, didn't you? He run all the way to the altar because he couldn't fight it no longer. Amen. So he run and he announced his calling to preach. See, you didn't have nothing to do with that, Caleb. All of that was God. But through the revivals, through the teaching of the word, through coming to church, God was preparing you to do a work for him. Amen? He's preparing us all to do a work. So don't think you were without calling. You all have your calling. It comes in due time. All right, you don't sit back and worry about it or wonder about it or God just ain't going to use me at all. Yes, he will use you. All you got to do is be obedient unto him. You know, we all want to lay up treasures in heaven, don't we? Amen? But that ain't why, that ain't really why we do it is to lay up treasures in heaven because if we can just see Jesus, our heart's going to be content. If we can just live with him, our heart's going to be content. But he says when we become obedient, and do what he would have us to do, then we are laying up treasures in heaven. That means we have something when we get there, we can go and lay at Jesus' feet. Amen? And <clears throat> say, well, look, <laughs> you blessed me of all this here. And, and I doubt he would even take it, but we can offer it to him. Amen? Because he's in need of nothing. He has everything that he ever needs. And so do you today, but you just don't realize it. And so, but you have everything you'll ever need. You'll never need no more than Jesus, whether you're walking in this life or in the life to come. And so Jesus is the fulfillment of the Word of God. The, the Bible said there's more power in the name of Jesus than there is anything. And so we take that name Jesus and we use it as the Bible teaches us to use it in order to 
uh, be able to withstand the fiery darts of Satan and be able to build our homes and be able to have a life and a more abundant life. And so we do it all in the name of Jesus. And it says here, this is a true saying. If a man desires office of bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, nor striker, nor greedy of filthy lucre, which is money, but patient, not a brawler. You don't go out here and fight and scuff and, and roll around. Not covetousness. You don't, he said, do not covet what your neighbor has. Do not covet what another person has. Do not even desire to have it. Just desire God's will to be done in your life. He says, one that ruleth well his house. Now, I'm going to be saying a whole lot about that here in a minute. It says, one that ruleth well his house, having his children and subjection with all gravity. In other words, you got them in control. Amen? Amen? And you're bringing them up the right way. God said bring up a child in the right way and they got older. They want to depart from it. So we've got to rule our, our children in subjection with all gravity. We've got to be firm with them. We've got to teach them what the difference between what is right and what is wrong. Hey, some of the children that's grown up today... Uh, their parents, they've had no teaching, they've had no education, they've had, they have no morals about them, they don't care what they say, they don't care what they do. Why? Because the parents failed in the homes, amen? The parents failed in the homes, in other words, or the children wouldn't come to the place that they're in today. The Bible said if you spare the rod... Uh, uh, you're going to send your child to hell. But if you use the rod, if you correct your children, you're going to save them from destruction. Amen. And so you got to do what you do with all subject and, uh, and gravity toward the Lord. you got to be subject unto God's will, not your will. I've never corrected a child and felt good about it. It always hurt me more than it did them. It broke my heart that I had to do it, but it was needful that I'd done it. God don't like having to whoop us, but brother, if we need one, he'll give it to us, won't he? Praise God, if he wants to take us behind the woodshed, then he'll take us behind the woodshed. And, and just like I told you all about my mama the other day, uh, she'd out, send us out for a switch, Michael, and if we come back with one too little, she'd make us go back out till we got one big enough so she thought deserved the punishment that we, we deserved. Amen? And so, uh, you know, sometimes I had to go back to the woods two or three times, but she told me this. Every time you got to go back, you're going to get it just a little bit harder. Yeah. Amen? So I learned when she sent me after a switch... Now, Daddy'd use his hand. He'd bust my rear in a second. But Mama, and she would slap my jaws in a second too. She's left a minute of a fire flyer print on our faces. Amen. And and, and you you respected your elders. That's what you're to do. You got to respect these authorities. You got to respect your elders. You got to respect those that's in authority. Uh, you know, there was a lot of times I got pulled over, Michael, by the law. And back before I was ever saved, a lot of those times I was intoxicated. You know what that means. Amen? But here's what I done. I done it because I know if I didn't, my situation was going to be worse. I had some common sense. I was taught common sense when I was growing up. A lot of children ain't even taught common sense today. And when I got stopped by the law or anything else, I yes sir them. No, sir, them. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. If they asked me what I'd done, I told them the truth. I don't care how bad it was, I told them the truth. Majority, the majority of the time, they let me go. Because I was honest with them. And they had mercy on me. If you'll be honest with God, sometimes he'll have mercy, and then sometimes he'll have mercy, and still he'll punish you. Amen? That's up to him because he's the supreme being. He's the supreme ruler over all of us. So make sure that our calling and election sure we're to bring our children up in the right way and then when they get older they won't depart from that. And uh, don't put yourself in a, in a perdition where man can use that on you 
and said, well, how can he preach? He can't even rule his own house. Amen? Well, ain't that what the Bible says? You first got to be able to rule your own house before you can stand here and preach behind the gospel. Right there sits one of my children today. She tried to buck me and sound in the majority of her life, didn't you, Lisa? Yeah. And wanted us to heed to, to bow to her what she wanted. But we never did. And she never did like it. But you know what? She's here today. She loves us today. She even threatened to kill herself one time. And I said, well, so be it. But we ain't going to go along with what you're doing. And you see, but she grew. Somebody had to teach her the difference, all right? You got to stand your grounds, whether you're a man of God, a woman of God, or whoever you are, whatever your calling is, you got to stand on the truth. The Bible says, let every man be a lie, but let God and his word be truth. So <clears throat> it says, one that ruleth well his house, having his children in subjection with all gravity, for if a man knows not how to rule his house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride he fall into condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. So you got to have a good name. Amen? Your, your deeds, people's watching your life. And you should be the kind of person that they don't look down on, but they look up to. Amen? Did you know a preacher used to be respected when I was growing up? They used to be. <clears throat> but the, the way the generation is being taught today, they have no respect for God's man. They don't have no respect for God. They don't have re no respect for one another. They don't have no respect for the law. They don't have no respect for their teachers. They don't have no respect for nothing. Why? Because that's the way they've been raised. There's a right way and there's a wrong way. Well, let me put it right way because this is my right arm and then there's the wrong way. I'll go with the right way. You know, <clears throat> you've got to be subject. Uh, it's just like if you're called into the, to the service, call to tell you this, and if you don't obey what they tell you to do, they'll put you in the brig. They'll lock you up. They'll make it hard on you, and then if you quit, they'll throw you out because they know that you're no good and you can't be taught nothing because they don't, didn't respect the elders, the ones that was over them. God says you're to respect the people that's over you, whether it's your president or anybody else, because, and the judges, when you go before a judge... The verdict is in his hand. Amen? And you stand before a judge and you can, you can ask for mercy. And he might give it to you and then again he might not. It's in the judge's hands. Amen? So you don't know what's happening. I've had tickets before, y'all. Amen? I have, the judge has had mercy on me at times. Now I ain't had too many, a couple. But other times... He didn't have mercy on me. Amen? Because he felt that I needed the punishment that I got. Amen? God's the same way. Sometimes he'll have mercy. Even the pastor, even the teacher, we all have mercy at times, but we still teach you what the truth is. Amen? We don't judge you. We don't point fingers at you. We don't run you down. That's not our calling. So if you think that God's called you into a ministry that you're going to get up here and judge people, you, you've done, you done done the wrong thing because you're nobody's judge. God is the judge over all things. And there's only one true God and there's only one true word of God and that is it, the one I'm preaching out of today. It's the only proven word of God that's out there. All these other religions are false religion. Paul said, if any man come unto you preaching any other gospel than that which I have preached, let that man be accursed. That's what Paul said in his writing. So we got to stand, Tommy. We got to stand firm on what it says right here. And I want to give you a little history teaching. Uh, and it helped me to read this, and I'm going to read it to y'all. It's in my Bible. This is a good study Bible. 
It says to be a church leader, a bishop, it is a heavy responsibility because the church belongs to the living God. You belong to God. Man, I have, I told you when I got up here a while ago, I got a big pair of shoes that I got to fill. And you know what? God's going to have to stand and give an account for everything that I preach to you here this morning before God. Why? Because you're the property of God, Michael. And, and, and brother, I am supposed to deliver to you what God has delivered unto me. And so I stand here by faith and, and trusting in God that the message will come from Him. I had no clue how this was going to come out, Caleb. You've done learning that already. Amen? And so it said, the term used in this verse sometimes translated as elder can refer to a pastor or elder or a bishop or presiding overseer, intensively elder and pastor or simonious. That's what it's generally used for, as a pastor or, or man that preaches the word of God. And so it says, uh, pastors or other leaders in the church. Paul uh, enumerates some of the qualifications here. Church leaders should not be elected because of popular, how popular that they are. You don't go upon that. You base it upon their works. You base it upon who they are in the Lord, what their life is, what the testimony is about that person, and you seek God for the answers. It says because they're Church leaders should not be elected because they are popular, nor should they be allowed to push their way to the top. Instead, they should be chosen by the church, and most of all by God, because of their respect for the truth, both in what they believe and in how that they live. So how are we living? Are we living what we're preaching? Amen. If, if we ain't, you better stop right there you better get down on your knees and you better come clean with God and, and, and take a stand. And brother, because Caleb, what God just called you into is a serious thing. And you're not to take it lightly. Amen? Uh, one of these days we'll bring a charge before you and, and Scotty here and Chase and all. And this charge will come out of the book of Timothy. And brother, to see if you're standing, see if you're qualified to be ordained. Amen? And... and uh, uh, these people come to me back years ago when I announced my calling to preach and they wanted me to be, be ordained. And I said, no, I'm not ready to be ordained. I'm not qualified to be ordained. I've got more studying, more seeking the Lord, more preaching that I've got to do. And, uh, and so I went on. And again, you need to go and get ordained. I said, I'll never get ordained until God tells me I'm ready to be ordained. Amen. And then when our preacher left over here, and I was uh, uh, right before he left, and God called me, he ordained me. Years later, he ordained me to preach the gospel uh, and to pastor a church. That's what my calling was, to pastor. I don't know what your calling is, Caleb. God will reveal that to you. He probably ain't revealed that to you yet, whether he wants you to be a missionary or whether he wants just to stand and preach the gospel, whether it's on the street or here in the, in the church or over there under in Asia, or Africa, or some other country. Brother, we wait on our calling, amen? We just don't run out and start doing things and make a mess out of what God's called us to do. We wait for the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. If you're not led of God, then God cannot use you properly, amen? So you got to wait on your calling. And brother, some of you have been saved a long time, but you still don't have your full calling yet. I remember when uh, I took Holy Cross as pastor, we went for, Lord, I don't know how long, for years without a piano player. We tried to get one, tried to find one. We didn't have no money to hire one, amen? And that wouldn't have been the right thing to do, no way to have to hire somebody to come in and play the piano for you, amen, in the church. So I just sat down one day and uh, I said, well, I talked to my daughter, and uh, so I sent her to get piano uh, lessons from Peggy Moore over here, and I went and bought a piano for her, and they brought it home, and she was over there taking lessons, and they brought it home that day, and when they brought it in the door, 
I said, uh, sitting there on the couch, and I was looking at that thing. And I said, Lord, if you'd let me play that, I'd play it for your honor and your glory. You know what he told me? He said, get up and play it. Get up and play it. That's what he told me. I couldn't play a piano. I, couldn't, I didn't know what one note was from another. And I didn't know what the note was that I played when I sat down. I learned it years later. Amen? So I got up. And I sat there for about three hours and I played a half a song. Amen? It sounded right to me. About three weeks later, I was playing it in church. And I played it in church till Kendall come. Amen? And she took over and she started, started playing and gives me a, a break to do other things. And I still yet play once in a while. But God give me that calling. Uh, uh, brother, when I was moved into the church and before he ever called me to preach, uh, I was called into the deacon ministry. Amen? And once I was called into the deacon ministry and, and was faithful to that, and let me tell you something, if you ain't faithful in the calling that God gives you, he'll never give you another calling in your life. You've got to be faithful to that which God has, has called you to do. Uh, uh, ain't that what he teaches in his word? We've got to be faithful to him. We've got to be faithful to our calling. We've got to be faithful to do what he would have us to do. So it says, uh, it says, by the church because they respect for the truth, both in what they believe and in how they live. If you hold a position of spiritual leadership or have heard God's call to be a leader someday, Check yourself against Paul's standard of excellence, which is written down in the Word of God. You need to let your life line up with the Word of God in order to stand here today. All right? For those, that, for those with great responsibility must meet high expectations. So God expects a lot out of me, and he said where there's much given, there's much required. Right? Ain't that what the Word said? Where there's much given, there's much required. So when you took this on you, God requires more out of you, Caleb, now, you and Scotty, than he did before you took this responsibility on you. Then Paul's statement, with each bishop should have only one wife, prohibits both polygamy and promiscuity, this does not prohibit an unmarried person from being an elder or a widow elder that remarries. So you, you understand that. Christian workers and volunteers sometimes make the mistake of being so involved, now listen, won't you listen to this, in their work that they neglect their families. Amen? Especially the firm discipline of their children. Spiritual leadership however, must begin at home. You heard me say it earlier. It first got to start at home. People who will not care, people who will not care for, discipline, and teach their children disqualifying themselves from leading in the church. So if they don't discipline, if they can't rule their house, then you're not qualified to stand behind this pulpit. That's what the Word of God says, right? That's what it says. Well, what are you going to do with that? I ain't going to do nothing with it but preach it because it's the Word of God. You've got to stand on the truth. Let other men be alive. Let God and His Word be true. It says, uh, people who do not care for or discipline or teach their children disqualify themselves from leading in the church. That means whether you're a pastor or a teacher or whoever you might be. It says, don't allow your volunteer or ministry activities to distract from your family's responsibility. Amen? You have a responsibility, preachers to your family, teachers to your family, deacons to your family, just like you do God. Amen? You have a responsibility. Bible teachers used to put God... Bible teaches... The Bible teaches us to put God first in our lives. That comes before anything. You've heard me preach on that all of my Christian life. God comes first. Then it says, He comes first in our lives and our families come second. And the ministry God has given us is next. So, here's the way it goes. 
you got to spend time with your family. You just don't throw them away because God's called you to preach. Now, sometimes you have to go out and God will lead you and do what to do, but you still take time to make sure that your family is loved, respected, took care of, and disciplined. Amen? That's what the Bible teaches us to do as men of God. All right, so they were taught. The preachers are taught how to live, how to walk, how to talk, what their calling must be, what must be in their lives before God can call them. Amen? You just don't pull somebody out of the woods and stand them up here and say, all right, preach. That don't work. He ain't going to do you no good. You got to be called of God. Amen? You got to be sent of God. I didn't choose him. He chose me to do this very thing that I'm doing right here today. And I don't take it lightly. It's a fearful thing for me or you to fall into the hands of a just God. And my God is just. My God is holy. My God is righteous. Amen. And we are to fear Him and to respect Him with all of our heart. New believers should become secure and strong. It says the faith before taking leadership roles in the church. So you got to get strong before you take on a leadership role in the church. You've got to be strong to do what God would have you to do. You've got to be walking. You've got to be lining up, your life lining up with the Word of God because your responsibility, you're having so much more responsibility put on you. The first thing I thought about Caleb when I announced his calling, I said, bless his heart, Lord. That's what I said. Bless his heart, because it ain't going to be easy, Caleb. It ain't going to be easy, Scotty. I say that every time God calls another man into the gospel. It ain't going to be easy. It's going to be rough. But you can do it through him. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. New believers should become secure, strong in faith before taking leadership roles in the church. Too often in a church desperately for workers... And new believers are placed in positions of responsibility prematurely. I've seen that happen in this church before I got, God put me over it. I've seen that very thing happen. New faith needs time to mature. Do you believe that? You've got to mature in the Lord. You've got to grow up in the Lord. You, 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 you're getting it all together now. And you're getting anxious now. Now you want to do something for the Lord. Right, Willie? We want to do something for the Lord, but we've got to make sure that we're mature enough to take on what God has called us to do. Even singing in the choir. Come on up and sing in the choir, but just don't come up one time and sit down. Be faithful to it. Well, I can't sing. You can. God will teach you how once you get up here. Amen? That's what he did the rest of us, right? Amen. We may not be the best in the world, but we're singing for the glory of God, right? Amen, Kendall. Amen. And so he said, new believers should have a place of service, but they should not be put in leadership positions until they are firmly grounded in their faith. Do you believe that? I do. Amen. Making godly life choices and having solid knowledge of the Bible. It lines up, done. And then it says, Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-minded, nor given to much wine, not greedy or filthy lucre, beholding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. What is the mystery? The mysteries of God. You, hey, God has opened, opening up the mysteries of God to us in a pure conscience. Our conscience, our life is not defiled no more. We've opened our hearts, our mind, and our life up to God. Amen? And he said, uh, and let these also first be proved. Okay, guys. You're going to be proved before you're ordained. Because you don't step into preaching and then get ordained. You've got to be proved first. Amen? Whether you're worthy enough to continue on in the work of the Lord. This is the Word of God. All right? Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless, even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, listen wives, slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. 
That's saying a lot, ain't it? And let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children, there we go back home, and their own houses well. For they have used the office of a deacon well, purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. We have a deacon here in this church. Something happened in his life. He came to me and he said, I've got to step down. And he stepped down until he could get all this worked out with the Lord. And then when he got it all worked out with the Lord and he got strong again in the Lord, he come back and he took upon the office. And he's still going on for the glory of God. And I'm proud of him for doing that. Amen. Even if you make a stake and fail and if you have to step down, go get it tucked care of, get it worked out, get it cleaned up, and get back on fire for God. Amen? Amen. We're, God don't call us and then leave us by the wayside. Yeah. He calls us into something. He wants us to be faithful to it and finish it up. That's the calling of God upon our lives. It's just like singing in the choir. Don't come up here and sing this year and say, I ain't going to sing next year. I don't like how that I'm being treated up there. You ain't up here singing to satisfy nobody else in this choir. You up here singing for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. No matter what you're doing, you're to be doing unto the Lord. Yeah. And you're to do it with the faith that God's called you in. Now Cassidy said something up here a while ago about feelings. I'm just not feeling it. And sometimes you won't feel it, darling. Sometimes you won't feel it. But that's where you got to go on with your faith. Amen? you got to keep singing. you got to keep going on. And then it all works out, right? Everything works out when you continue on with the Lord. Sometimes I don't feel it yet. I wasn't feeling it with this message until I got up here and started doing what God told me to do. And then I seen how He worked it out. And I said, Lord, I know this is important, but is this what you want today? There's a time and a place. And he said, yeah, they, there's the time and this is the place for me to do it. Amen. Yeah. Today's the time. Bring it out. Let people hear what thus saith the word of God. Line your life up with what the Bible says. Don't line it up with the world. He said, come you out from among the world and be your peculiar and a separate people. You can't be like the Lord, like the world and get to heaven. You got to be like Jesus. You got to take on the mind of Christ. You got to walk in his way. You got to walk in newness of life. Amen. You're, you're not of the world no more. The things of the world are dead now. That's dead unto God. But we live in newness of life. We have a relationship with God. And some of us are just starting in that relationship and you still got to grow. Some of you's babies, but you know what? God respects, expects more out of me than he does you. And you won't be held accountable for as much as I'll be held accountable before because you're just babies in the Lord. But Paul said, don't remain a baby. He said, when I come back, I found some of you still on the milk and you should have been on the meat. Yeah. Amen? So the meat of the Word of God. That's what he's talking about. You, you just sort of, you went with what I give you and then you ain't, you ain't grow a bit, no Lord, since I've been gone. And Paul says, you know, I'm upset with you on account of that. He says, I, I, I don't like coming back and rebuking you. But he had to because they just got lazy in the Lord and they thought that's all they had to do was just sit back and mellow out. No, that's not your calling is to sit back and mellow out. Your calling is to put on the mind of Christ and walk in the footsteps that he gave you to walk in. Make your calling and election sure. What has God elected you to do? First of all, to walk in Christ. You're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So you're walking in the fellowship and the love of God. Greg, all these years you serve God. Have you been in fellowship with God? Sure. Because you belong to Him. You can't, you can't get there. Can you get by every day without talking to God? No, and I can't neither. Why? Because he's my father. 
And Jesus is my Savior. He's the love of my life. Amen. And then my family. And then all my church family. Amen. That's how it lines up. The Word of God. I love it. Because it's God. It was Jesus. The Word was manifested in the flesh and become live and walked among us. So we don't take it lightly. We take it reverently and in the fear of the Lord, David. Ain't that what God taught us to do? And you know, we don't, God never give us a, a date to retire, did he, Carl? You retired out of the military, you re- retired out of other kind of work, but you can't retire from serving the Lord, right? There's no retirement in serving God. You'll serve him forever. Ain't you glad? Because I don't want to serve nobody else. I know he'll treat me right. He won't treat me like the world. He'll treat me right. He'll treat you right. He'll treat us all right. Why? Because he loves us and we belong to him. We're his children. We're his bride. And he's proud of us where you think he is or not. Because he made us who we are today. Now don't take that lightly but reverently and in the fear of the Lord. Walk in the light as he was in the light. And then everything God's calling in your life will work out. But wait on the calling of God. Don't put the cart, as the old saying went, before the horse because it just don't work that way. You can't guide it. (laughs) Uh, One horse will try to do this, one to do this. They'll give up and stop and won't go nowhere. But you've got to put the horses in front of the cart. That means God's got to be in front of you, not behind you. Not beside of you, but he's got to lead you and he's got to guide you. Then when you let these things line up in your life, then you're going to have the right teaching and the right things that you need to walk with the Lord. Now, how many, we all have at times walked disorderly. And when we walk disorderly, bad things happen. Amen? Bad things happen. Just be honest. It happens. When you don't mind the Lord, you suffer for it, don't you, Melissa? It happens. You'll have to say, I'm sorry. You'll have to eat them words. I mean, I've eaten crow a lot. Have y'all ever eaten any crow? Amen. Crow's a big thing. And it's hard to swallow, ain't it, Tommy? Hard to swallow that crow, but sometimes you have to swallow it. And swallow your pride and humble yourselves. And that's what you got to do. Today and every day, you got to humble yourself before God because He's God. He's in control. I'm not in control. He's got me here to help you, not to hurt you. So I'm teaching you His ways, not my ways. I've left the shoulder out of this, and I'll teach you what thus saith the Word of God. That's what we got to teach. That's what we got to preach, preachers. That's our calling. And that's our calling. God's children, whoever you are. I don't know your calling, your full calling. I know all of you's calling, but I don't know what the purpose of all your calling is. I know God's called you into a better life. I know that he's called you to be at peace with yourself and with others. I know he's called you to prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prospers. That's the word of God. It lines up with the word of God. Jesus says you have not because you ask not. And you receive not because when you ask, you ask to miss. So you got to ask according to the word. And so you get in the word and say, well, how does God, how does the word teach me to ask? You dig it out. You'll find it. It's in there. And then what? All you got to do. A woman had the issue of blood. She crawled through the crowd. She done whatever's possible. Have you done everything possible to get your prayers answered? If they're not answered, then there's something going on that you need to stop and think about and talk to God about some more. And once you your thoughts lines up in your heart with the word, then God can heal you. He can deliver you. He can save you. 
You know, when God reaches down and tells you, like this young lady right here, she come to this altar last Sunday, and she give her heart to Jesus. This is this young man. He come to the altar, give his heart to Jesus. They're growing. They're starting to grow in the Lord. They're being took care of. God's here to take care of you today, to nurse you and help you and spank you a little bit or correct you if you need it. That's what he does. Preacher, my brother told me, well, he's a pastor too, one time he said, I've thought about getting, just getting a big pacifier, a whole bag of pacifiers and just pass them out at church. I would say the other word he said, but I won't. He said, I ought to get a big one of them. We're not here to pacify nobody. We're here to tell you the truth. I don't water it down. I don't try to cover it up. And I don't try not to live it. I try to live it the best I can. But I can't do it without his, him and his strength. It would be impossible, Carl, without Jesus. It would be impossible. That's what gets us through what we've already went through. And that's what will get us through to the end of Jesus. Bobby Joe, your mama, she'd always say, my sweet Jesus. She knew how sweet Jesus was because she had been through so much. And he helped her through so much. There ain't many people in this world went through the heartache that Joanne went through. She buried two, three, four, five of her children, right? Five of her children before God got, took her home. I had a woman one time told me that she had buried five of hers too. And there's only one left. She said, Preacher, the hardest thing any mother can ever do is outlive her children. She said, I've outlived five of mine. I've never forgotten that. And I think about Joanne. But she said, I still love God. And I have one. And uh, I was going to go get her and bring her to the church, but her daughter was coming to get her and would take her up north to live with her. But God was still looking after her. He said, my grace is sufficient. He never promised us it would be easy right to opposite. He said it was going to be rough. And uh, we see what's happening around us. That's why we got to stand strong. That's why we got to encourage others. So I hush with that. That's Stan. Kendall. It's coming back to the piano. If you want to come and pray or just talk to the Lord, or if you want to be saved, or just mind the Lord. That's all I can tell you this morning. I brought you the. God brought you His Word to help you. Not to run you down, not to discourage you from doing stuff for God, but to encourage you to do stuff for God. But you got to do it in the correct way. There's a right way and a wrong way. Is God leading you to come and pray or leading you to the altar? Just come on. Mind the Lord. Go ahead, Kendall.
reminded without you of all these things that Kendall's singing about today. Lord, we'd have no life, we'd have no hope, we'd have no future. But because we have you today, Lord, we have all the things that we've spoke of here today. We have your love, your mercy, and your grace, and your truth. God, your word is truth, and Jesus was the word made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness and your love to the Father, that you come to not to do your will, but to do his will. It was his will for all of us to have a life and a more abundant life. And we thank you for that, Lord, and we thank you for saving our soul. Thank you for all of our church family. Thank you for Kendall, Lord, and playing the piano and singing. Thank you for our choir, God. Thank you for all the hearts we heard from this morning and the video that they shared. And Lord, uh, all the praises that they give belongs to you. God, it's your goodness that has moved us in the path that we're on today. Father, if we're walking in any righteousness, it's nothing that we've done. It's because of your leadership and your guidance. And we're here to glorify and to praise you today. So, Father, as we come to the end of this service, Lord, if there's anyone that's not accepted you, I pray they come forth at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All hearts clear? Well, I tell you, before we dismiss, I'm going to open the doors of the church. If anybody wants to join the church, I'm going to ask you to step out and come forward at this time. Amen. Anybody else? Well, you're not alone. <laughs> I'm right here with you. God's right here with you. What say you, church? All in favor. Amen. We accept you in as a member of Holy Cross Missionary Baptist Church. And may all God's love be upon you and upon all your church family. And we thank you and we're proud to have you. Thank you. Amen. Jesus' name. Y'all come up here. Shake his hand today. Before, and then you can be dismissed and go over to the fellowship hall. Do you want to go ahead and say the blessing?